slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Rice! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Islanders is brought to you by Built Bar. Just go to the BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On for $10 off your first order. We have got a lot to talk about on today's show. More good news for the Islanders as we continue to get closer to what we hope is the resumption of play. We will analyze that latest news and explain what it means for the Islanders. We also have our step back in the time machine as we examine the last time the Islanders and the Florida Panthers uh, met in the playoffs. And of course, we have our Islanders birthday of the day. And believe it or not, That birthday is uh, someone who is much better known as a coach than as a player. So all of that, plus a lot more to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. And don't forget, if you have something that's on your mind, a question, a topic, something you want us to talk about, feel free to email the show. The address is LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your name and where you're from, we're more than happy to mention you on the air when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. Also, please feel free to follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles. And you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. And we'll keep you up to date about all the latest Islanders news and notes. So let's get started on some good news. Yesterday, uh, Lou Lamorello held a press conference with some of the uh, Islanders reporters and some good news about the status of a couple of Islanders who were out injured when play had ceased. First of all, Casey Sezikis and yes, Adam Pellick. Both of them should be good to go when the Islanders reopen camp. Here is the quote from Lou Lamorello. Once the players have been cleared to go into the arena and the facilities are open, Adam Pellick is cleared to participate in the small number of people that are allowed on the ice as if the injury never took place. So he has clearance. So does Casey Sezikis. There is no injury of any player that's going to hold them back from participating immediately. Sezikis had a laceration on his leg. He was out since February, originally scheduled to miss three to four weeks with that injury. Meanwhile, the Achilles tendon injury that Pellick suffered had him out of the lineup since January 2nd. 
and certainly not having Pellick a very big deal to the Islanders. They were a below NHL 500 team without him in the lineup. Lamarillo continued, certainly he is a valuable piece to our team. In saying that, we just have to wait to see where everyone is at. This is similar to coming off the summer and going into training camp. He is healthy. He is physically ready. He certainly feels good. So, he's ready to play. And, you know, the the question really becomes, who ends up sitting if Pellick is indeed ready to go and inserted into the lineup? And, you know, to me, it's got to be Andy Green as the top candidate. He would be the perfect guy to be your seventh defenseman to give you that experienced depth to step up and step into the lineup if Pellick needs a day off because, you know, he has to get back into game shape or if he isn't feeling well or if somebody else gets hurt. Certainly having the experience of an Andy Green would be very beneficial. But getting back Sezikis, Clutterbuck had already come back, although he was still not quite himself yet when play had been suspended. And then getting back Adam Pellick means that the Islanders will be ready and at pretty close to full strength when they resume workouts. Now again, I would expect some sore muscles, maybe some strained muscles for a lot of players, not just on the Islanders, but throughout the league once they resume play. But again, you got to take things one step at a time. Now, yesterday also, some news about goalie Ilya Sorokin, who has, you know, his contract in the KHL long since expired, but he has yet to sign a deal with the New York Islanders. And the reason for that is that the NHL has said that any player signed now would not be eligible for play this season. Now, if he could sign that contract and be eligible for what was left this season, Sorokin could be a restricted free agent next year and sign a deal worth more than the entry-level deal of $925,000 that he would receive in his first season with the Islanders. The league's position right now, according to NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly, and our position with our club since the start of the pause, is that no club is entitled to sign a current year contract. They are free to sign future year contracts. So for the 2020-2021 season and beyond, that's perfectly fair game. But it would be our position particularly given the advanced date and given the fact that it could affect a lot of players who might now be able to play the balance of the season, it would be unfair to let them play the balance of the season. We have progressed beyond or past, he said, the trade deadline. So the NHL saying no, that appears to be the holdup right now in the negotiations with Sorokin and his agent. So the Islanders won't be able to have Ilya Sorokin this season, and the fact that he would then have to play one year at an entry-level deal worth $925,000 next season 
is causing he and his agent to hesitate before signing with the Islanders. And certainly, if there's a change in the NHL's policy, Sorokin wants to take advantage of it if he can. And if you want to stay in shape and stay healthy, take advantage of the best-tasting protein bar out there, a Built Bar. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It comes in 16 delicious flavors, all of them covered in 100% chocolate. Half of them have nuts. Half of them are nut-free. They are soft and easy to chew. I've tried so many other protein bars, but with the Built Bar, I feel like I'm cheating almost. It's like a snack. It tastes great, and they are great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber, and that's everything you want in a protein bar. Look at the mint brownie flavor. 15 grams of protein per bar, just 110 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. And right now, Built Bar has a special offer for Locked On Islanders listeners. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use the promo code Locked On for $10 off your first order at BuiltBar.com. All right, so today's Islander birthday of the day. Uh, we're again going all the way back to the beginning of the Islanders franchise. Happy birthday to Terry Crisp, the center and winger who played for the Islanders in their inaugural season of 1972-73. Crisp started the, uh, came over from the St. Louis Blues in the expansion draft, played 54 games with the Islanders that first season, scored four goals, 16 assists, 20 points. He was a minus 23, which quite honestly uh, wasn't the worst numbers on those 72-73 Islanders. One of his four goals came on the power play. One came while shorthanded. Crisp was traded late in the season in a deal that actually did have a lot of significance for the New York Islanders because he was traded in the deal that brought Jean Potvin over from the Philadelphia Flyers because basically you had a situation where the Islanders knew that they had the first pick in the overall draft 1973 lined up. They wanted to entice Dennis Potvin to sign with the team, so they dealt crisp for Jean Potvin, Dennis's older brother, in an attempt to uh, basically increase the chances of Dennis Potvin signing with the Islanders and not with a team in the WHA. Now, Terry Crisp went on to be an NHL head coach, and in 1989, he won the Stanley Cup with the Calgary Flames, winning 54 games, losing just 17, and tying nine. That was good for 117 points for Terry Crisp, three straight. First place finishes as coach of the Flames in 1988, 89, and 90. So, for a crisp, a better coaching career, actually, than playing career. He later also coached 
the Tampa Bay Lightning when Tampa Bay was in their infancy, and he lasted there from 1992-93 all the way through to 1997-98. So happy birthday to Terry Crisp, 77 years young today, and uh, again, a part of Islanders history going back to their inaugural season in 1972-73. And to celebrate Terry Crisp, we're going to look back at his first goal with the Islanders. It came on November 21st, 1972 in a game at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. 11,037 fans on hand to watch the Islanders take on the old California Golden Seals. Jerry Desjardins in goal for the Islanders. Marv Edwards in between the pipes for the Seals. California got on the board first. Joey Johnston scoring his ninth from Rick Smith and Walt McKechnie on the power play. Ken Murray of the Islanders was off for tripping at the time. And then the Seals took a 2-0 lead later on in the first period when defenseman Dick Redmond scored his third assist to Reggie Leach and Stan Weir at 9-12. But the Islanders did get back into the hockey game. Brian Lavender scored his second goal of the season, a power play goal. Walt McKechnie of California off for tripping at the time. Lorne Henning and Brian Lefley with the helpers at 19:38, and the Islanders got some momentum by scoring late in that first period. After one, it was 2-1 to one in favor of the Seals. But the game-tying goal came off the stick of Terry Crisp, his first of the season, Assist to Bill Mickelson and Brian Lavender at 18.42. After 40 minutes, the game was all even at two apiece. In the third period, the Islanders pulled away Brian Spinner Spencer, his third from Tom Miller and the captain, Ed Westfall, at 12.42. And then Westfall puts the finishing touches on everything, his eighth of the season from Brian Spencer and Tom Miller, at 18:01, Islanders outshoot the Seals 33 to 23, including a dominant last 40 minutes. Islanders outshoot California 12 to 5 in the second period and 14 to 6 in the third. Terry Crisp's first goal uh, as an Islander coming in this game. Happy birthday to Terry Crisp. Now for our Time Machine feature, and we take you back to 2016. Why? Because, well, that's the last time the Islanders and the Florida Panthers met in the playoffs. So we'll go back to mid to late April of that year, topping the Billboard charts at number three, No, by Megan Trainer. Number two was Seven Years by Lucas Graham, and Work by Rihanna and Drake was at the top of the Billboard charts on that week in 19, uh, excuse me, in 2016. Meanwhile, movies that came out that week, Special Correspondence, Keanu, A Hologram for the King, and The Take, all big movies released during that week in 2016. The Islanders and the Panthers met in a 
six-game series in the opening round of the playoffs. Remember two things. First of all, the Islanders had never played a playoff game in Brooklyn up till that point. This would be the first playoff series they had at the Barclays Center. And second of all, entering this series, the Islanders had not won a playoff series in 23 years since that 1993 incredible run that got the Islanders all the way to the conference final. And, you know, look, Al Arbor was still the coach. That's how long ago it was. The amazing thing about this series, it was a close one. And three of the six games were overtime games. Five of the six games were decided by one goal. Two of the three overtime games actually went into double overtime, but the Islanders won all three games that went into overtime in this series, and that was a big reason that they were able to emerge victorious. Tomas Grice did a great job in goal, did not surrender a goal in three overtime games, including... Game three, which was a pivotal game back at Barclays Center, a 4-3 to three Islanders victory, and that gave the Islanders a 2-1 to one series lead at the time. The Islanders actually got behind in this game in the second period. Florida led 2 to nothing early in the second period and then led 3-1 to one on a goal by Nick Bukestad at the 723 mark of that middle stanza. But then Shane Prince got his first playoff goal at 1148. And Franz Nielsen scored on the power play at 1655 of the second period to tie it. Then the game headed to not just one, uh, headed rather to overtime, where Thomas Hickey ended it at 1231. His first in the playoffs, Brock Nelson and Josh Bailey with the helpers. The Panthers bounce back one game four on April 20th, 2016 in Brooklyn by a 2-1 to one score. And so the series shifted back to South Florida for that critical game five that would give one of the two teams an advantage. And the Islanders again get the job done in extra time. Franz Nielsen gave the Islanders the early lead with Thomas Hickey getting the assist. But in the third period, Alexander Barkov scored for Florida, and that was just a minute 59 into the period. That gave the game a 1-1 tie. Yaramir Yager, by the way, one of the assists in that game, although Yager was not a big factor in this series. But in double overtime, after 36 minutes overall of extra hockey, a power play goal with Garrick McKenzie in the box for slashing. Alan Quine, his first of the playoffs. Marek Zidlicki and Thomas, uh, Thomas Hickey rather, with the helpers. And that gave the Islanders a 3-2 series lead. And then the Islanders closed it all out with their big win in Game 6. A magic, magic moment. Florida led 1-0 on a goal late in the first period by Jonathan Huberdeau. And then the Islanders, in desperation, 
managed to tie it. They pulled Tomas Grice from the goal, and with less than a minute to go, John Tavares tied it. His fourth of the playoffs from Nikolai Kuhleman and Nick Letty at 19.06. That sent it to overtime, and then midway through the second overtime, Tavares, on a wraparound, his own rebound, his fifth of the playoffs, Kyle Oposo and Alan Quine with the assists, and the Islanders ended a 23-year drought without winning a playoff series, beating the Florida Panthers by a 2-1 score in the game and a 4-2 series win. Unfortunately for the Islanders, they advanced to the second round and went up against a Tampa Bay Lightning team that really did outplay them. Islanders kind of ran out of gas. They won game one of the series 5-3, to three, but then losing 4-1 to one in game two, and then the critical next two games in Brooklyn, overtime losses, 5-4 in game three, 2-1 two to one in game four, and then the Islanders just ran out of gas, allowing, uh, you know, getting shut out and really badly beaten in game five, four to nothing. But you know what? Looking back on it that year, was a milestone for the Islanders. It was only four years ago. But first of all, look, that series against Florida is by far the highlight of the John Tavares era uh, for the New York Islanders. And again, it really, how many Islander fans, if you were under the age of 35, you probably didn't remember the 1993 Stanley Cup run. Uh, all the way to the conference final. So for the fans, a big monkey off their back. For the organization as well, it was truly a magic moment for the New York Islanders. By the way, if you're enjoying the show, please tell a friend, tell a family member, fellow Islander fan, and of course you can help us by leaving a five-star rating and a review on your podcatcher of choice. That helps other Islander fans find the podcast when they search for an Islanders-related podcast to listen to. Folks, we are getting closer to the realization of the resumption of hockey. And yeah, it's not probably going to get underway until August, but that gives us a lot of time to sit back, analyze what the Islanders-Panthers playoff series is going to look like. Can the Islanders repeat what they did? back in 2016 and advance. And ironically enough, it depends. We don't know whether the NHL is going to reseed after each round like they usually do. But if they don't, if they bracket everything, then the Islanders, if they somehow do beat the Florida Panthers, who would they face in round two? Well, it's like 2016 all over again they would face the Tampa Bay Lightning. So that's the main reason I decided to go back to 2016 in the time machine today. And uh, because, you know, what was seems like it could be again here in 2020. But I, for one, am very excited with the prospect of getting hockey back. And we'll have news and we'll keep you up to date every weekday about everything that's happening to the New York Islanders as they begin their informal training sessions, a formal training camp, and then actual playoff games 
assuming that everything continues to go in the right direction with this coronavirus. And hopefully we're going to be putting that past us. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Islanders. Now, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NHL. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And remember, every day gets us one day closer to the resumption of hockey. And of course, let's go Islanders.